Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Happy Friday, one and all, Mark Aram. I'm in the best mood I've been in for quite some time. I, I came into work this morning, 4 a.m., whistling Dixie. I was just like, this is, it's Friday, it's great. Doing the lottery? No, I don't know what's going on. Just feeling good? I am just feeling good. Right. Usually after the holidays, I'm kind of like, meh, morose, you know, because you look forward to the to Christmas all year long and, and New Year's. Done. And then it's done, and you're like, oh, winter. But maybe it's the weather because it's 60 degrees. Oh, yeah, okay. But I don't know. I was, I've been in a good mood all day. You know what it is, Longoria? What's that? Chuck's out of town. <laughs> that, that, that'll make you in a good mood. Yeah, right? like, because he doesn't bring, because he's, I mean, I love the guy, but he's yeah. just a, Debbie Downer. Debbie Downer, yes. That's what you should call him. But, and teams. Crystal Catfish Wheeler filling in, she's a ball of uh, chuckles. You know, she's always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ball, so, of ball, of, ball of chuckles. I don't know what that means. But I've been in an amazingly good mood, and it's okay. Friday. So, oh, but the weather, I should mention the weather, severe weather tomorrow. It's going to be. No joke. Uh, some of the stuff that I saw on the radar out Tulsa, Oklahoma way, your your Texas way, yeah, like that stuff's going to be here, I guess, tomorrow night. So keep it locked right here. Kirk Mellish is he's like a, a neurosurgeon. He's on call twenty four seven. So whenever whenever the severe weather breaks, <laughs> okay. Mellish will do brain surgery here live on the radio. Download the WSB radio app. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. We got a fun show tonight. My buddy Steve Byrne, comedian, is going to join us. Brittany Tannenbaum from Access Atlanta. I've got two two stories diametrically opposed. I want to start the uh, show off with um, death penalty or internships. Longoria, you pick internships. All right, we're going to go death penalty. So <laughs> this is this is a story I didn't even know about it until I came in the newsroom with Cheryl Castro. I was like, what? Well, you know, what's an interesting local story? So there's a guy in Gwinnett County, uh, condemned killer from Gwinnett County, um, he has filed a petition to not get the lethal injection, Longoria. Okay. Because his veins are too thin. All right. I didn't know veins had widths, but apparently his veins are thin. Yeah. And he is applied instead to be executed via firing squad. I didn't okay. know you could apply for wow. something I don't, like I don't that. think you can, but he's trying to. Uh, he says in this in this legal brief, execution by firing squad is both swift and virtually painless evidence and recent experience strongly suggest that the firing squad is significantly more reliable than lethal injection. He was sentenced to death in 2002 by a Gwinnett jury for fatally shooting a 43-year-old um, after he tried to uh, carjack him. But I didn't a I didn't know you could choose, and b I didn't think firing squad like I don't think that's a thing anymore, is it? I'll look that up. I like I think firing squads. I think like. Napoleonic times, like take him out to the firing squad, Longoria. I mean, maybe in like the old west, right? <laughs> yeah, That's old probably west, the like last time they used it. Wild herb. Yeah, but uh, I, he says it's more reliable 
But I don't know. Don't you have to like? You don't want Chuck being on the firing squad. He's going to hit you in the leg. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so true. so I got in this conversation with Sherilyn and Uruzum, and we were like, "Well, if you could choose, God forbid, you know, we don't. If you could choose Longoria, is there? Okay. We automatically ruled out the electric chair. Right. Like I saw Green Mile. I don't want the electric chair. Okay. I don't want Percy." To not wet the sponge. <laughs> okay. You remember that? Yeah. That the worst character in movie history, Percy from Green Mile, mm -hmm. he didn't wet the sponge and put it on, on the head. So we automatically ruled out the electric chair. That just seems not the way to do it. And Cheryl said, just giving you a little insight into her mind, she said, oh, probably the guillotine. <laughs> She's That'd like, be quicker. That's what she said. Like just, you know, maybe they were more uh, morally centered in the Middle Ages when they had the guillotine. Then, then the lethal. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's kind of. I, 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 it's quicker, and that, you're not. I don't think. I mean, the anticipation, though. You know, knowing you're about to get your head cut off. Yeah, but is, if is there a, something that if you had, God forbid, you're sentenced to death, Longoria. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you wouldn't have committed the crime. No, you're, you're no, framed. No, no. Someone else did this. Is there any way, like, if you could do anything, like, be pushed off the top of the Empire State oh, Building? No, I'm afraid of heights. That would you be wouldn't horrible. do that. That would be a rush, though, for your final <laughs> yeah, I, I guess for 30 so. seconds. Or pushed out of a plane. Would that yeah. be better, Longoria? No. I guess heavy. getting shot would be better. Dumped in the ocean? Like, where, what would you choose but, for your... I mean, I, I, I can't... I, I can't swim, so jumping in the ocean is not a not a you know. I mean, well, then you'll die. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's but drowning is horrible. Can you okay. pick starve to death. Look how long that will take. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I'd. I'd rather the guillotine than yeah, starve I'd rather to do death. that. You hear that? You, you smell the guy's food in the next cell next to you. Like, <laughs> oh, I, what's that guy eating? Meatloaf? What is that? Yeah, I don't want. So I know it's a morbid topic, but I I thought it was pretty interesting. I think guillotine might be the way to do that it. That seems like the fastest way. Or jumped out of a, or pushed out of a plane without a parachute. I mean, that's not fast. You, you're gonna have to. But but you're getting. You may die of a heart attack before you get there. But you're getting an experience like a rush. <laughs> that you can it, never tell anybody about. That's okay. You have what it. They, okay. What are they selling pictures like, to? Do you, like of you all like. <laughs> like do you send them to your family? Pictures. Like do you want your last seconds on on the the mortal coil to be in a hood? Under a guillotine, or staring down with a uh, blindfold at a firing squad, or do you want to be dropped over the North Georgia mountains and be like, "Oh, look how beautiful everything is"? <laughs> yeah, that's. Like, I don't think that's what's what going a wonderful your life. Head. I guess you could do executioner and not have the hood over your head. I think you have to have the hood. I think that's really not the, in any of the movies I see. I think the FDA court requires <laughs> you. To, is yeah. it just easier to clean up because it falls right in the bag? Yeah, you know what I don't want. Speaking <laughs> of movies, Mel Gibson when they put him on that rack. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Mm -hmm. What was that movie? Um, Passion of Christ? No, not Passion of Christ. <laughs> the William Wallace movie. Oh, Braveheart. Um, Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart. Isn't that how he died at the end? They like, oh, and then, it, but his girlfriend gave him some poison. Or, I don't remember. But they like, they were torturing him. I know it's it's kind of morbid. We're going to have some fun later on. But it was just an interesting conversation I had before the show with Cheryl Castro, who decided to pick the guillotine, by the way, Longoria? Deb Green, firing squads were still around till how long ago? Yeah, they said they used them in Utah until the 70s, 1977. Utah, okay. Yeah, that was the, the, one of the last states. And yeah. uh, they started to be banned in the 80s, and the only one who uses it now is Oklahoma. You can choose You can choose to oh. be death by firing squad if you're in Oklahoma. Well, well firing squad or, or lethal injection for you, Deb? Where are you going? Uh, I think it'd probably be fat. I have little veins, too. <laughs> I do. You have little I, everything. You're I tiny. tiny. I do, so. You're uh, tiny. God, I think I'd rather just be smothered. Smothered? Yeah. In, like, sausage gravy? What do you mean smothered? Like, you know, they like put a, a pillow. pillow. 
Oh, is that an option? Okay. I don't know if Firing Squad's still an option. Being dumped out of a plane is. See, fact check this for me. I was told back in the day in the Firing Squads or in 2020 in Oklahoma that they line up like seven people and one of them shoots a blank. So, All of them shoot blanks except for one of them. One of them only has a bullet. No, they got like you got to get killed by more than you got to no, get shot by. No, that's what it says here. But then they've always they find someone with the most accuracy, and apparently it is the most accurate way to do it. Yeah, yeah that way they, the people don't know who killed them. Exactly. Right. Like, but I thought it was like there. seven guns in one blank. But they say they have several people. It doesn't necessarily say seven, but uh, yeah, they're I all blanks this, except one. Like I just don't trust one bullet to do me. Like you hit me with seven shots. Well, they're getting like <laughs> a sniper shots. or whatever that has. Yeah. Still, he's having an off day. He clips your ear or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's the most accurate according to the. All right, 404-872-0750. Patrick's in Lawrenceville. Patrick, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. Uh, first of all, nitrous oxide is the way to go. Um, but if, that, if, That's laughing gas, it's, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to put someone down, that would be the best. I don't know why they do this lethal injection. I don't know why they just don't just strap on some nitrous oxide, let right. them have fun for a minute. and But that's not why I called. Okay, why'd you call? Um, so... I went to the storage unit today and I pulled out about 400 records. I'm going to take to, I'm going to meet this gentleman, uh, Robert, who lost everything in the Talk fire. Talk about the uh, the story out of Forsyth County, Longoria, where the yes. uh, the record store that's about to open burn down, and Patrick is going to hook him up. And how many records uh, have you collected for him, Patrick? I've got about 400 of pretty pretty pristine stuff. Um, like I said, I spent the day going through and putting stuff together for him. Um, I spoke to him. We've come up with a meeting place, and I've also spoke to the people from Wax and Facts, and they're interested in Excellent. donating as well. Excellent, Patrick. Um, I, I, I got to let you go because we're we're talking about other stuff. But that's awesome. You're taking care of that guy up in uh, coming. Very cool. Sam is in Hiram. Sam, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. How are you? What's going on, brother? Not much. Not much. Hey, Mark. How old are you? Forty-six <clears throat> years old. Believe 46. it or not. Forty-six. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I knew I was older, but. For whatever reason, I remember back in the uh, late 70s, there was a guy that, uh, and it, I, it was in Newsweek and, and a lot of other things. He requested to be uh, uh, shot in a, with a firing squad, and, and I don't even remember what state, but they did it. And I just remember, <laughs> excuse me, some of the details about it. Uh, they had lever action, 30-30 rifles, mm-hmm. and I think there was... I think there was five of them. Okay, and some somebody had a somebody had a blank. Yeah, there's whatever. only one blank there because the rest of you gotta right. you gotta do it. So right. real, real quick, uh, Marty on Twitter said Ronnie Lee Gardner was the last person shot by firing squad was in 2010 in Utah. Okay, okay, I remember this one back you know a little bit further than that, but mm-hmm. they they did put a hood over him and they had a like a. a sheet draped around him or whatever, but they had a red spot. Right over his heart. Oh, that's, that's oh. So you're not shooting in the head. I'm th- see. I'm thinking of a headshot. Oh well, no. Well, no. That's uh, this guy. That's that's. <laughs> what I, says, oh no. I don't, know, I don't know why I remember all this. I just yeah. thought it was bizarre, you know, for them to do that. I would. I would. I prefer the the firing squad to the electric chair. Um, this lady on Twitter, Wendy, says it's proven that you live 13 seconds after decapitation. I don't know about that, but that doesn't sound very... Let's try it. That doesn't sound very appetizing (laughs) either. I know it's more, but we're going to move on. We'll talk about interns. We'll have some fun. Neil, whose last name is not Pert. Peart. Peart. 
Did you know it was Neil Peart, not Pert? I had no idea. Me no. neither. He passed away. Deb Green, our rock expert, is going to talk about that. And your calls next. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. 626-61. Warm degrees on Peachtree. A six on the Mark Aram Show. Back sweat meter, Shlong Gorea. Uh, talk about the death penalty. A Gwinnett County convict has requested the firing squad because he has thin veins and he thinks the lethal injection will be too painful. If you could pick any way to go, how are you going to go for the death penalty? Not like, oh, I want to die in bed with, uh, you know, a beautiful girl. But the death penalty, how would you choose? Right. Understood. All right. Nick's in Hampton. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. What up, Nick? Hey, you, here's the thing you got to remember about the guillotine. When they use that during the French Revolution... That method was so clean that the faces would still move and almost gasp. Uh, it's probably not hard to imagine the last image being seen is being hoisted over a crowd. Yeah, someone you know, on Twitter, that, uh, Craig on Twitter said that uh, the death by a guillotine is so swift that you're still conscious when your head hits the bottom of the basket. So maybe I'm not going that to the guillotine. That doesn't sound like fun. Well, it's like a Longoria. When you, uh, when you kill chickens in uh, Tijuana <laughs> okay, and you yeah. chop their head off, yeah. they would run around for... Yeah, they do. They run around for a little while. Yeah. But what about the head? Was the head still... Was, uh-huh. it, was the chicken look at you like, dude, what did you do that for? No, I don't no. pay attention. All right. Just wring their necks. Longoria, the executioner. <laughs> uh, all right. I know right. this is morbid, but it's uh, you know what? It's okay. We'll have fun later on. Friday. Uh, how would you choose to go if you do get the death penalty? And we got Russ in Gainesville coming up. I want to know what Russ says about that. 404-872-0751-800 WSB Talk. This is The Mark Aram Show. Hi, everybody. This is Zoe Saldana, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. Well, excuse me. Let me let you Welcome back to the show. 639. Weather calm now, but not tomorrow. Make sure you stay locked with WSB Radio and Kirk Mellish for the severe weather that could enter our area. Talk about a weird story out of Gwinnett County. Convicted killer says he wants the firing squad and not lethal injection because he shares the affliction that Deb Green has. Skinny veins, thin veins, what kind of? I just have small veins. veins. Small veins. I do. That's what, when I donate blood regularly, and that's yes. what they always say, like, oh, your veins are small. I think the guy's just hitting on you. Like, hey, you're all right. (laughs) Or the girl. Uh, Gwinnett District Attorney Danny Porter, who we all love here, says if he wants the firing squad, then let him have it. It's certainly a unique request. Uh, Is there a firing squad? I don't know. Or is it like volunteers from the uh, police force? According to the AJC, Georgia once used firing squads to execute condemned inmates, but that occurred no later than 1924 when the state went over to the electric chair. Um, after the state Supreme Court ruled the chair unconstitutional in 2001, Georgia switched to lethal injection and used it ever since. The last, ex- the last execution by firing squad nationwide occurred in 2010 in Utah, but Deb says it's still allowed in Oklahoma. It right? says it's still legal in Oklahoma as an right. option. So God forbid you are sentenced to death, dear listener. I know you would never because you listen to the Mark Aram show, but if you did, what would you choose for your mode of execution? Longoria says... Guillotine. Guillotine. Deb Green says smothered with a pillow. Smothered. <laughs> Not smothered saucy. and covered. Yeah, smothered and covered. <laughs> um, I'm getting pushed out of a plane. I, I just think that... That's, that's horrible. But you uh, look and you get to look at God's green earth as you're coming, like, and reflect on your life. I don't know. That's the way I'm, I'm going with it. How, what, about, <laughs> what about you? 404-872-0750. Clay's in Hiram, Georgia. Clay, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, Clay. What up, buddy? Uh, sunshine today, brother. 
How are you picking thinking, to go? Uh, since I let fentanyl, they import and just killing so many people. Just give me a few of those. Just uh, oh, pop fentanyl. a couple fentanyl pills. Oh. Yeah, you'd be out quick. That would that that'd be a pretty effective way to do that. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, painless anyway. Yeah. And you get rid and of that, exactly. That, Deb says that, you get all the fentanyl and, out of the evidence room. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yes. And it's cheap, so I hear. Yeah, allegedly. Hey, that guy that uh, called earlier was talking about the guy that uh, that they put the uh, uh, bullseye on his chest. His name was Gary Gilmore. Okay. And his and his last. Final words was let's do it. Wow. Well, that's great. That's willing to meet your maker right there, Longoria. Yeah. I mean, Are you gonna say well. have any last words before the guillotine? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe let's do it, but I don't know what. Can that. you do me one favor if you do get uh, okay. executed via the guillotine? Just right. give a shout out to the show. Okay. Just say, hey, listen, you can listen to the Mark Aram show on your smart speaker. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot. Just say, <laughs> just, just, just say, say, say uh, play w- ninety five point five WSB. Will you do that? Sure. Promise me that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Deb. I'll try. Thanks, Deb. Deb. <laughs> James in Fayetteville. James, welcome to the program. What's up, buddy? Hey, well, now I'm in Delonica, but I just wanted to make a comment that when you die, when you get a mortal wound, your brain continues to function. Yes. So if you die until you run out of oxygen. Correct. So if you are, get a guillotine, you're going to be looking at a basket for a little bit. That's why I'm picking the so, push out of the plane, because there's no, once I hit the ground, that's it. There's no 15 seconds of, oh, what just happened? You're done. I would rather uh, die scuba diving. Because that way get the you bends. experience the total transformation. Of but this isn't transition. choosing your method of death. This is you are getting executed. So they're going to drown you is basically what you're saying. Oh, I got to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, By the way, James just spent a land speed record. Went from Fayetteville to Dahlonega in 30 minutes. Wow. That's that's pretty impressive, buddy. Slow down out there. Uh, Mike's in Dallas. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Uh, you know this, this, this. You know this is kind of a crazy topic, but I, I, I've uh, been through some stuff while with, with my brain. So, so I, I have to go with the the the, the brain has got to be shut off. I mean, uh, like like the last gentleman said, I, I can't be looking at a basket. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, straight through the head. You know, shot through the head. Let's just uh, remove the item that's going to let us sit there and think about. That's this, that's you know? why I thought the firing squad did. I thought they popped you in the in the noggin. No, in the heart, because you could probably have an open casket still. I'm not allowed to have an open casket. Really? Yeah. Jewish. Jewish. A lot of people that uh, commit nugget. commit suicide do that too. Yeah. Jews nugget. Yeah. No open so caskets. But then your brain is. I mean, your brain is still going to be. No, I mean, I'm pretty sure if your heart stops, you're. I wonder if you <laughs> get to. Pick the basket. Like, Would that be better then? Yeah, you, you get, get like a nice, nice wicker basket from Pier One. Exactly right. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. I want to come back more of your calls plus Russ in Gainesville. Second hour of the show. Steve Byrne, the Renaissance Man, and uh, Deb Green, our rock music experts, going to talk about the passing of Neil. Peart. Peart, not Neil Pert. I've been wrong for forty six years. On Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show. Don't sweat the techniques. Just the Mark Aram show with you till eight, talking about the convicted Gwinnett convict requesting the uh, firing squad instead of lethal injection. Russ joins us in Gainesville. Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk. Russ, before we get to the lady situation, you're going to get executed. What method are you choosing, my friend? I want to be in the electric chair in Louisiana. So you can get Creole food before for your last meal. Why Louisiana? 
Well, I looked this up, and a guy named Willie Francis, they fried him, and he actually survived. The chair <laughs> malfunctioned. And that, once that happens, they can't do it again. Like, it's one shot. If you, if you don't kill I him the first time. I think they did it again, but he lived oh, a uh, long, you know, he lived many years, so right. I'm not sure. About uh, that. Russ, what's the dating situation? I heard you are back what? with an oldie but a goodie. The doctor, my former girlfriend, notice I didn't say ex. Yes. My former doctor girlfriend, Theresa. Hi, Theresa. She's listening to us right now. That's who you need to be with, Russ. You need a steady influence, Theresa. Um, I like how he says that. Former girlfriend, not ex. Never, they're never exes in Russ's world. No, they'll come back around. They turn up like a, like a bad penny. No offense, Teresa. <laughs> But, yeah, there's never an ex-girlfriend. Stick with the doctor, Russ. That's stable. That's uh, that's what you need right now. You need a... money. I'm trying, but she moves so far away. She's in Augusta, I think. Russ, Long I mean, way. literally, I know you're a legend in Gainesville, but nothing holding you down here, buddy. You can still no, call the show from right. Augusta. I don't, really, I don't mind moving at all. All right. So. There you go. Well, listen, have a good weekend. Be safe tomorrow. Storms could be rolling through Gainesville, so take shelter with whomever. Uh, Jackson Cartersville. Jack, real quick, how are you going if you get uh, the death penalty, my friend? Uh, probably blown to smithereens because if you die by any mechanical means and your brain is going to be, you're going to be aware, um, you can live up to 12. You can be aware for up to about 12 minutes. The scientists figured minutes. that out. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Back in, uh, back in the uh, late uh, 17th, 18th century, something like that, he had his assistant. He got in, the scientist got in trouble and he was beheaded with a guillotine. He had his assistant time how long he was able to blink his eyes after his head left his shoulder. Wow. And it was a full 12 minutes. Well, that's why I'm getting but, pushed out of a plane. I, I think there's, that's a no brainer, Longoria. You're going <laughs> to think I'm it's gonna the same thing. I'm going to, no, you're going to be free falling for 20 minutes and then, and then die immediately. There's no blinking after you hit the ground. No, but the whole way down, you're scared. What if you hit a tree and you don't make it all yeah. the way down? What if you get clipped and, by and a bird? And then you're just kind of like broken up, but you're still alive. Well, I would make sure we do it over a, a, a field. A field, yes. A nice field with no cows in it. Jim's in Conyers. Jim, real quick, how you going, my friend? Well, if you remember the movie Moonraker, where the centrifuge would spin you, yes. it would it would spin you to the point where you would actually pass out, and then if it kept going faster and faster, your brain would liquefy inside your skull. Moonraker. You wouldn't feel a thing. What was the what was the villain's name in Moonraker? I don't know, but I want to be strapped in by Holly Goodhead. <laughs> well, he was the tall guy with uh, he had the weird teeth. Metal face? I don't know. What was his name? He was scary. I remember Jaws. being scared. Jaws, yeah, I think that was it. Alan's in Duluth. Duluth. Duluth is on fire. Alan, you're getting sentenced to death. How are you choosing the execution, my friend? Either heroin or morphine overdose. Alan? Yes. Or Ellen? He's driving. Oh, all right. <laughs> so heroin or morphine? Can yep. can, uh, can that, uh, well, I guess heroin definitely could kill you. Morphine can kill you? Yeah, morphine sure. can kill you. I did not know that. I think any too much of anything will. Yeah. And in, in that kind of drug. We had a, we had a coworker here was uh, who had extreme back pain and he was on morphine all the time. I don't know, it was possibly deadly. With the right amount. Yeah. Tony's up next. Tony, real quick, how you going, brother? I'd say a hand grenade in my mouth and pull the pin and walk. <laughs> it's not wow. really an execution. But all that good yeah. dental work you've had done, it's that's <laughs> well, all gone. I guess that'll be quick. I, I don't know. I'm not picking a hand. I'm going with pushed out of a plane. Uh, Christine, finish this up. How are you getting uh, executed, buddy? Well, it's.
funny that you mentioned dental work because one time I had to have an emergency extraction and they gave me so much nitrous oxide, I thought I was going to cross over to the other side. So I want to go out laughing all the way. Give me nitrous oxide till it's done. I'll take nitrous, ox- nit- nitrous oxide as I'm being pushed out of the plane. That way I can enjoy the fall down Longoria. I win. I win. Being pushed oh, out of a plane okay. is, the best, so. is the best way. <laughs> uh, coming so. up after news, weather, and traffic, uh, comedian Chris Byrne in studio, Brittany from Access Atlanta, and Deb Green's going to talk about the passing of a rock legend. On Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is the Mark Aram Show. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. I'm here. You're there. You can hear the broadcast Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. on 95.5 WSB. And now, if you have a smart speaker, just say, play 95.5 WSB. So last night after the show, we got off a little early because the president spoke. And I went home and I watched a documentary on Da Vinci. Um, I'm sure you've all heard of Leonardo Da Vinci. But that dude was the original Renaissance man, painter sculptor, inventor, just crazy. So this morning I said, I need a Renaissance man on the show tonight (laughs) to honor Da Vinci. So in studio, he's at the punchline tonight and tomorrow. He is a comedian, an actor, a director, a producer. He might sculpt, I don't know. He's our buddy Steve Burns. Steve, how are you, man? Well, Da Vinci (laughs) never played a diner. As far as we know. As far as we know, yes. Indeed. But you're back in town here um, off of, who who knows what you've been doing, right? I mean, you literally... You do everything. You no do stand-up. You, yeah. you produce documentaries. You act. Yes. You. How many business cards do you have in your pocket? Do you have one for every job you none, do? None, because none of them work. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I yeah, I, I got to uh, direct a, a fun documentary about a good friend of mine, The Amazing Jonathan. Um, great comic magician. Um, Hilarious. Dude. And a, just a few years ago was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy. Mm-hmm. Learned that he was going to, you know, he had an expiration date and basically outlived expectations because he was taking stem cells off the black market in Mexico. Really? And that kind of kept him alive and repaired his body to a degree and uh, basically said, you know, I'm going to see if I can still do this. So he, he went back on the road and did a return to the stage kind of show, just did three of them. And I thought somebody should document that. And then I called him and said, I could I document this? And he said, of course. So went ahead and did it. And um, yeah, it's, I partnered up with Bill Burr. So we put it up on his YouTube page, All Things Comedy. It's it's free on YouTube, always amazing. And it's gotten like 620,000 views in just a few months. And we're really happy with it. The response has been very overwhelmingly positive. I remember you were talking nice. about this for a while now, yeah. getting this done. And it's finally up and available for, for consumption. Any any worries about making a film? I know you've got a television background, and but but to to be a filmmaker is that was that a new thing for you? The, uh, I, well, having done the documentary, I just wrote and directed a feature film about my early years in stand up called The Opening Act. They're two very different, <laughs> t- obviously genres of film. Yeah. Um. The the most difficult, challenging part of doing a documentary is getting all the archival footage of flying to Detroit, getting all those pictures, and then obviously combing through Jonathan's vast array. He's not an organized guy by any means. So 
you know, for example, you know, he did a Vicks, Vicks VapoRub commercial back in the, <laughs> really? in the 90s, and that's how I met Joel Osborne, the other subject of the film. Yeah. And, you know, I, I basically have got to sit through all these VHS tapes and watch all of them and yeah. hope to God at some point I can find this Vicks VapoRub commercial, and that's an example of, like, combing through everything and just time-consuming and laborious because Jonathan, at the same time, if you know him, he's the Freddy Krueger of, of magic and comedy, you know, one minute you're watching a videotape of him doing a set in Vegas, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it becomes like a, a homemade porno, and then it's back to the... Because <laughs> this is back VHS tapes where people used to record oh, over those yeah, things. Over. And then you're watching his act again, and then all of a sudden there's this kitten running across his lap, and he's like, come here, Snuggles. And you're like, what is this guy's life? It's That's crazy. So it was, it was pretty pretty wild. Uh, Steve Byrne in studio is the punchline tonight and tomorrow. Tickets available online. Punchline.com. Thank you, Jamie Bendel, owner of the Punchline <laughs> yeah. in studio as well. Uh, are, I'm assuming you're happy with the finished product? Very happy with the product, yeah. Uh, you know, the the great thing is when Jonathan, I, I screened it for him the first time, and he, uh, he has a little screening room at his house, and he watched it, and he just looked at me and said, I love it, and he got up and walked out. And I knew he was probably composing himself, so I just gave him a few minutes, yeah. and then I went out and... Uh, yeah, it must be. It must be. I, I can't imagine the gauntlet of emotions that you're feeling when you have an expiration date and you're watching literally a time capsule of your life. You're because attending I, your funeral. In a, in a way, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the film is a love letter to his legacy, his career, and also to this incredibly wonderful fraternal relationship he fostered over the years when he was touring in Australia. This twelve-year-old kid is outside waiting to get an autograph mm -hmm. and Joel Osborne and year after year Jonathan goes back and back and back to Australia he's an international touring act and and this kid's always there and so each year he'd give him a little more responsibility he'd let him into his world and at 18 Joel Osborne basically came to the states became Jonathan's road manager and so you have an 18 year old kid wow. leaving another continent to be in charge of a drug his addict parents in Las love Vegas that. yeah <laughs> so go ahead kid so the show the film just kind of takes a life of its own because Jonathan's the face of it Joel and Jonathan are the heart of it and so jo Joel saw Jonathan through drug addiction a suicide attempt the perils of Las Vegas and eventually got Jonathan's life on track yeah and then Joel went to Australia to become a comedian on his own right. And then when Jonathan, years later, announced he's going to come back on to stage, Joel Osborne came back to open for him. That's so the whole film kind of like I, I saw it mapped out in my head, you know, structurally um, and just the way it all worked out. I think it's perfect. What's, what's his status now, Jonathan? Jonathan, he's he's not touring anymore. Yeah. Um, after he did the film, he was he was like, I'm going to see if I can still do it one, one a month. Yeah. And he was doing that. But due to the fact that... You know, he's a kind of a high-energy kind of Absolutely, act. And that yeah. was a concern when we were filming it of, like, he could literally die on stage yeah. because of the frantic, you know, pace of his of his uh, delivery. Um, he's, he, I think he came to grips with the fact that he doesn't, he, he's not the performer he used to be. Yeah. But also because he's diabetic, um, he's losing sensation in his um, hands and the feet. And obviously that's not good for a magician. Well, I remember when he, when he, well, I, I don't know if he burst on the scene, but when I first became aware of him, and it was such a, like, holy smokes. Like, there are yeah. a few comedians that you see for the first time, like like a Kinnison, and you're like, wow, or a Stephen Wright. Like, just someone that's doing something so different. Completely broke the mold, yeah. Yeah, exactly, broke the mold. And then you, I, I, I personally kept waiting for a breakthrough for him, you know, like, to become yeah. even bigger than he was. Because, you know, you have that talent, and you have... 
that mold-breaking capabilities. You know, I was expecting more for him. It, was the career career derailed because of the other issues you mentioned? Well, certainly, you know, the drug addiction played a big part in lost opportunities. Yeah. Um, and we definitely touch on that. But I think he's somebody that was a Vegas headliner, made millions upon millions yeah. over the years, and he's very content with all the decisions he's made. He doesn't regret anything. Yeah. Um, and he's just, you know, he's a fascinating guy to follow, not only on stage but off stage. And this is an example of, like, when you're doing a film, you be careful of, like, what you wish for. So, I, you know, one of the subject matters we... We kept hearing about Jonathan and his life, and we only had so much room in 90 minutes, and we, we didn't end up using it, but this was one of the biggest selling points when we were first doing the film, is we heard about Jonathan's <laughs> Halloween parties. Okay. So he would throw these epic Halloween parties once a year, obviously, in, in Las Vegas, and he had video footage of it. And the video footage, and he tells you, he said, when people entered the Halloween party, I wanted them to be shocked. And he hired all these kind of, like, circus freaks that would suspend themselves with hooks in their bodies oh and you know there's like urine involved and darts <laughs> and body parts and it was just like it was so disgusting and disturbing visually that we we watched all these and we had to um convert the vhs into a digital, digital yeah. platform so <laughs> we dropped this off at this converting house and i was like <laughs> I'm just letting you know, you don't have to call the cops. Yeah, this is some say. really disturbing stuff on this. Burn. And he goes, he goes, man, I've seen everything. Don't worry about it. And, he, you know, they shoot me an email. You know, you can pick your stuff up Monday at 5. I show up Monday at 5. He's like, he's like, remember what I told you, how I've seen everything? You just set a whole other arm, man. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that in my life. It was so disgusting. He's Will like, was that the amazing Jonathan? I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Will we see some of that in the documentary? No, a lot of that ended up on the cutting room floor okay. because we we actually had it in the long form version of the of the film, but yeah. it, it just it just got sidetracked sure, and sure. It's, and and it's also quite disturbing. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Well, not not safe for work kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely not <laughs> safe for work. Yeah. Um, all right, so tell the folks. I, I I hate that we're taking all this time. I want to talk about you in a second, but where can where can folks watch this amazing film? Uh, you go to YouTube, type in "Always Amazing." It's right there and. You know, we're kind of blown away by the response because you knew YouTube's quite acidic, especially in the comment section. Yeah, and when we course, put it up, I said, that. let's live and die by the sword. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And it's like 19,000 likes. I think it's like 200 dislikes, which I've yeah. never seen. That's a great ratio. In a video. So it was, yeah. we're really happy. And the comments are just over and over again, people, you know, expressing their adulation and appreciation for Jonathan's work and his art form and what those shows meant to him. And I know that. Those first few months, especially when the film first came out, he was reading them over and over again yeah. and just seeing the glowing response, and he was relevant again, which That's, was nice for him. Yeah. Well, and and it's not. I, I think it's great that you did it. I'm I'm very excited because I mean, it was there. There are certain times in life where you remember. Like I remember watching uh, Fletch for the first time and going, <laughs> "Oh my God, Chevy yeah. Chase is the." And and I mentioned Kinnison, seeing him on HBO, and like, what is going on here? Yeah. And Amazing Jonathan was one of those dudes that you were just like, you remember, you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, I think he, he it's funny, because he did kind of drop off. He wasn't as relevant. Yeah. And the minute I say Amazing Jonathan, people always go, is he the guy with the headband? I go, yeah. They go, oh, my God, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves him. It was him. one of those things where he just permeated society, and especially at the time when he broke he was one of the first Comedy Central half-hour specials yeah. that, that kind of came out. It was like Mitch Hedberg, 
Lewis Black, Wanda Sykes, and Jonathan. And Jonathan was just on repeat all the time. Yeah. That's how that that enabled him to do big business in Vegas. Well, I'm also glad that he was able to to see the finished product too. That's that's good as yes. well. The fact that you know, because sometimes so many of these things. They, the the subject is not around to see what what you came up with and yeah to be to be blunt it, there was kind of a, a rush to get it done yeah. for him uh, not at the behest of losing the quality of the film but we uh, I knew structurally and narratively what the film was always going to be so it was just putting in the sweat equity in my I, I edited the thing in my garage good for you and then uh, 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 this great editor we we brought on board he actually polished it and streamlined it and made it. Super professional, so Brian gets yeah. All right. I know what I'm watching tonight. If I don't come to see the Punchline, Steve's at the Punchline stage tonight and tomorrow. Tickets available online. Punchline.com. Can you hang out one more second? Of course, yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Steve Byrne in studio. It's the Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Hey, welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Still to come on the broadcast, the lovely and talented Brittany Tenenbaum from Access Atlanta is going to tell us what's popping in the ATL this weekend. I can tell you what's popping tonight and tomorrow. Our uh, buddy, the uh, Renaissance man, the Da Vinci <laughs> of entertainment, Steve Byrne, is at the punchline tonight and tomorrow. We talked about the documentary, but uh, you're uh, also making another. This is a feature film. Yeah, wrote and directed a feature film. It was an exercise to just see if I could you know, write a screenplay. I yeah. was on the road and I was kind of depressed and nothing was happening. And I, I wrote a screenplay and I'd always heard you write about what you know. So I wrote about my early years in standup, all the crazy things that happened to me. And basically just about something that I think everybody can relate to, especially in your twenties is, you know, going after a goal, going out, pursuing your bliss. And that's I was ultimately there. what the film became. And so it's about a kid's very first time ever going on the road as a comic He's opening for his this this faded sitcom star of yesteryear, but he still reveres him. And um, the whole first half of the film is all the optimism, romanticism of becoming a professional comic. And then the back half is the reality and sobriety and isolation that comes with him actually hanging out with the uh, with the headliner. Yeah. So it's all the parting with the feature act and then the reality of, of the headliner the and the pivot. So it's it's really great. Jimmy O. Yang plays a younger version of me. Alex Moffer from SNL plays the feature act. Cedric the Entertainer plays the headliner. Nice. Uh, yeah, I remember last time I hear you were you were you were mentioning that you were working on it and that's good to yeah. see that it's finally done. You're such a renaissance he just, oh, I just ah, I was bored. I wrote a screenplay. I was bored. <laughs> I made a documentary. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be at the punchline. I got to tell you, the punchline is to me. It's one of look. Obviously, it's it's had a history with the community for so long, but I like the uh, the new space. It reminds as, me of an old school <clears throat> comedy club in the '80s that was banging. As was a banging. patron, I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I've not been on the new stage, but as a patron, I love the new spot up in Buckhead. Yeah, because of the layout. Um, I think there's a little more space than the old club, and the menu is 96 times bigger. Well, the <laughs> you know a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah the it's gyros fantastic. are awesome there, though. But, but do most comics complement the new space? Yeah, so it's a very it's an old fashioned place. It's yeah. a low ceiling. It's tight. There is something it traps the laughs. Yeah, and yeah. and not a lot of people necessarily. Comedians are obviously out on the road, but a lot of the newer clubs are much larger, yeah. really almost not like big box style, and yeah. the sound can really disappear. To me, in a it's, lot of places. it's comparing for a sports analogy, like playing at Fenway Park as opposed to like. Riverfront Stadium, which was you know cookie cutter Cavernous. stadium. I would yeah, I'd yeah. much rather get that cozy feel of a, a Wrigley or a Fenway or. Right. As you tour the country, there's there's those clubs that survived the '80s, 
and are still around. And like like Punchline San Francisco is is one of those clubs that just low ceiling traps the laughter, and it's been around forever. And to me, like the Punchline, that new space. It's new, but it feels like an older, yeah. like relic of yeah. that. That's just been great to comics, and that's why I'm I, a fan. I like the space. Yeah, and the cheese omelet is to die for. <laughs> you can laugh yeah. at Steve and eat a cheese omelet. Uh, online social media, where can we find you, buddy? Uh, Steve Byrne Live, B Y R N E, everywhere, live. Everywhere, I'm live Excellent. everywhere. Right now in Atlanta. <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. Good to see you. Congrats on all the success. Uh, I will check out you. your documentary and your movie when it comes out. And uh, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, news, weather, and traffic next. Hang tight. This is The Mark Aaron Show. Hey, this is Louis Anderson, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show, Friday edition of the Mark Aram Broadcast. And for the first time in 2020, we welcome Brittany Tenenbaum from Access Atlanta. Happy New Year there, Britt. Happy 2020. You got 2020 vision. 2020 has been good so far to me. How about you? Oh, yeah. It's been, I mean, it's great. I went to... Disney World over break. Yeah. I went to Mexico, two very different trips. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> um, but two awesome trips. So Where in Mexico did you go? We went to, uh, it was about 20 minutes outside of Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. And you enjoyed it? Loved it. Got got a nice little tan. My freckles come out when I'm in the sun <laughs> for a long time, so I come back and people are like, what happened to you? I was like, oh, just but a it little But it was like a, a resort? Tan. What kind of? Yes, it was a... It's actually a pretty crazy place, so it's like kind of half residential, mm-hmm. so people have timeshares and stuff, sure. and then they also have, it's it's a whole, it's called the Vedante, and it's about 20 different hotels on nice. the property, um, so just a really cool, you know, little Mexican Excellent. fiesta atmosphere. Food? food was great. Yeah. We ventured out one night. Uh, to this one place twice actually once for hibachi at the Marriott okay which was awesome and uh, this other place I think it was called Sonoma Prime it was basically like an outdoor house mm-hmm. um, level 10 so there's oh, wow. like music and you've got a uh, um, a craft cocktail person right there with his cart when you walk in to when you check in you can grab a cocktail yeah. um, so that was a pretty cool uh, place that we what that about we Disney to. World what was going on there oh god um, Disney World Disney is just insane. There is yeah. a whole, there is like a whole just uh, uh, level ten feeling. I mean, first of all, the the fireworks that they do at Magic Kingdom, mm. twenty thousand dollar production probably yeah. like every night. Um, I was looking at people and they had like, you know, Disney uh, like diamond studs and people get and, into and, Disney. I mean, they are. I haven't like been there since I was a kid. Is it worth tattoos. going to as an adult? It was fun. Honestly, I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to do a lot of the uh, rides. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to do any kind of coaster. You could put me on some Why of those. Are you, uh, you well, pregnant I... or something? <laughs> well, I can't you do the rides. Not but... pregnant, but I get dizzy easily. Oh, okay, gotcha. As I've gotten older. You have vertigo. 
I get, yeah, yeah, I just, but I was fine. I went on the Hulk, went on like Good. all this Harry Potter stuff. A lot of it's more 3D yeah. experience rides. Sure, sure. Um, so they were pretty cool. I mean, it's expensive. Did you do It's a Small World? Did you do that thing? We did not. Oh, all right. But next time. maybe next time. Um, so, Brittany, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but uh, you're back in town. I'm back. And you're dialed in uh, to all things that are going on in Atlanta this weekend. Yes. What are some big events we so can check out? we have got the Atlanta Cask Ale Tasting over at Bold Monk brewing company that is going down tomorrow tomorrow's january 11th right yeah already we're like yeah, halfway crazy. through know, the month exactly my god okay so food will be available for, for that for purchase there general admission is 43.50 grab some friends uh you can sip on more than 55 rare exclusive cast condition ales wow. lagers so all Am the I beer snobs lagers? out there all the beer snobs you got cider that. and uh all different kinds of stuff to sip on this is the last weekend also for garden lights holiday nights i know you're I, you I've, know i've been is, there done that but yes if you haven't seen it yet this yep. is the last go weekend. roast some s'mores you can enjoy in tasty beverages walk around enjoy the lights sip some wine um ticket prices vary for that but this is the last weekend to do that um, and we have Fernbank After Dark. So they do a uh, fun science activities. You can do an exclusive after hours museum access for those that are 21 and above. Ooh, I, um, uh, let me stop you right there. Yeah. So we used to do our radio Christmas party used to be held at Fernbank. Oh, really? It was really, really huh. awesome. And then I went to a thing, uh, some sort of drinking in Drinking thing. and science. Yeah, drinking thing at Fernbank. But that's a really cool space. Yeah, I, I also wonder, I, I feel like it'd be a good, like, mixer. Yeah. You know, like a singles mixer. Well, they, I or, think like... they used to do that. I think that's what I huh. went to. But okay. what's this thing called? What's going um, on? So this is Fernbank After Dark on the Rocks. Okay. And it is tonight. Uh, and so for members, it's going to cost about 15 bucks, And for non-members, uh, just under 20 bucks. Yeah. So you've got, uh, you can also, uh, they, they're going to have live music, 3D giant screen movie, and enjoy Fernbank uh, After Hours Museum Access. It's what's, a great spot for than... events. Back when we used to have blowout Christmas parties for radio, it was... Uh, that was the place. I, forgot, I totally forgot to invite you to the radio Christmas party this year. You know, I just I'm don't so even sorry. matter. No, you do you. matter. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just so kidding. sorry. I saw pictures. I don't know yeah. who it was. Maybe... Um, it was fun. Maybe Deb posted some pictures. Yeah. Y'all got a little crazy. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's not like this elegant thing that it used to be, but now it's just at a bar and it's low-key, but... Right. So you know what? I I will make sure. And son of a biscuit, I didn't even put you on the Christmas card this year. Oh my god! I'm a horrible friend, Brittany. Who am I? I what am I you to are you? A, a vital cog to the I am chopped liver no, around here. No, I'm so sorry. I was just distracted. That's okay. Getting, leading I, up to yeah, the engagement. You, I mean, you had a big exactly. You've had a big 2020. Exactly. You're 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 forgiven for all. If we want to follow you and access Atlanta, I know we can go to wsbtv.com, Brittany. But where else can we find your stuff? So our stuff is uh, at Access ATL on Instagram. I'm at Brittalise, and you can catch our Access Atlanta show on the WSB Now streaming app, uh, which is on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, everywhere. Everywhere you We're stream, everywhere. buddy. We are everywhere. Streaming, 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 streaming. Excellent. Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Don't forget, possibility of severe weather tomorrow afternoon, evening. We got you covered right here with uh, complete weather coverage. And, of course, traffic goes along with that. Kirk Mellish is on standby 24-7 to make sure you are safe and make sure you are weather aware. Download the WSB radio app as soon as possible so you don't get caught off guard tomorrow. Uh, and... 
while you're home tomorrow and not running around, you can uh, listen to WSB via your smart speaker. Just say play 95.5 WSB. Coming up in just a second, Brittany from Access Atlanta. Joining us in studio on a Friday is our buddy from the digital desk, Randy Okray. Hey, Markster. I want to bring you in here, Randy, because you are a millennial. Uh, you're the youngest member of the Mark Aram Show staff. Yes. Uh, even though Deb looks like she's 19. <laughs> she she's looks a, totally younger than I. Yeah, but she's actually older. Um, this is an amazing story. So we know what NASA is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll use that for the acronym. Game, I do perhaps. have it ready to okay, go. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> uh, a 17-year-old high school student who interned at NASA last summer discovered a new planet three days into his internship. What an overachiever. That's mind-blowing. Is this verified? Is verified, yes. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. this is legit. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, like an intern. First of all, think about like the NASA scientists that have been there for 30 years. Right. And this intern comes in and discovers a new planet. Like, they must be so mad. Gotta be. What's Here's what I want to ask you, Randy. At 17 years old, what was your greatest accomplishment in life? Oh, my God. You know what? My greatest accomplishment was I was a district champ wrestler. What? That was my greatest accomplishment. That is amazing. I swear to God, I had Where are those photos? Part. Yep. I got them on my Facebook. Oh, I need to see that. that. Send them to me. I'm going to tweet them out. Yeah. I swear I did. Yeah, because everybody was like, oh, you're too girly. You can't do it. You and wrestled? I was a district champ. All right. For charity, for the Children's Health Care uh, of Atlanta Carathon, <laughs> I want you to wrestle Alex Williams. <laughs> money on randy yes 100 <laughs> percent. just now we wrestle girls okay and so what, what was the title again the district champ in texas mm-hmm. in dallas texas wow. at lancaster high school look at you yeah, that was my biggest achievement what about you uh Deb? Uh, 17 along the same lines i was um i was a gymnast and yeah. i was able yeah i won a regional title oh nice yeah i not, can see that probably not probably not as big as yours because i was from a really small town you know not texas yeah. but same thing sports that see i wasn't even thinking athletics so for me it would be um i i was an all nvl pick baseball pitcher so all naugatuck valley league so but I was I was thinking more along the lines of I don't know like academic stuff or whatever or okay. I can say an accomplishment okay. you know I had uh, three scholarship offers because I graduated high school at seventeen yeah so I can say that was Me a big too, accomplishment yeah. you know my mom was happy HBCU HBCU and uh, like a local college in Texas yeah. that uh, I don't want to go to I did <laughs> win some random award for English which was weird because yeah. I don't even remember I think your teacher like said hey we're gonna nominate these people. I don't remember much about it, though. I didn't even care. I'm like, oh, that's fine. But that was, yeah, academic-wise, that was it. I won another award. This is, again, athletically in Babe Ruth League Baseball. So that's for ages 13 to 15. Mm -hmm. I won the Sportsmanship Award. Okay. That's (laughs) a good one to win, right? No, it's kind of. It was, they gave it to the best player on the worst team. And my team stank. And I was like, really? Sportsmanship? That's okay. I mean, I was a good sport because our team was so bad, and I was just like, but uh, but NASA, 17-year-old kid, that is amazing. Can you imagine getting the nerve to actually say, hey, um, I think this is a planet. Yeah. Because like, I'm Th- sure at that age. Three days into his internship, exactly, too. Because we've had interns around here, yeah. right? And they're lost through the entire exactly. semester. Yes. No offense, Jake. No, I'm just kidding. Jake <laughs> was great. He's only the 10th favorite But intern. three days into his internship, he's like, yeah, hey, scientist dudes. This is a new planet. I just, that's amazing. I wonder if they believe him like automatically or were they like kind of, you know. I'm sure they had to do some extra yeah. facts checking and Go stuff. get us some more coffee, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, Deb, uh, I'm glad you're here for this too, Randy. The passing of a rock legend today. Who, who passed on? Yeah, earlier today, drummer of Rush, one of the greatest Canadian bands of all time, Neil Peart. Peart, sorry, I yeah. always say that wrong too. <laughs> Neil Peart 
passed away from brain cancer at the oh, age of 67 years brain old. Brain cancer? Yeah, he's been battling it for a little while. That's something you don't hear about very often. You no. hear about lung and liver and kidney, but brain cancer. Yeah, uh, passed away Tuesday. The impact, you're our rock expert here, uh, the impact of Rush on the rock scene and, and how big a band were they? Definitely Neil is probably one of the most influential drummers in modern music, mm-hmm. too. Like, So he would have listened to Keith Moon or John Bonham from before him, but yeah. anybody that's drumming now, like Dave Grohl, um, Lars Ulrich, oh, yeah, uh, Travis Barker, anybody that's drumming now, they're all going to say, oh, I picked up sticks because I listened to Rush albums. And he was so technically perfect at it. That's what, every, what everyone will say. There is, you know, the, his fills were just perfect. It was like he was a computer playing sure. music. And he had one of the biggest kits out there. I don't know if you guys ever saw him before. No. But he had like 29 what? pieces. Which wow. is ridiculous for a drummer, but he was so precise with everything. So definitely a huge hit. I mean, that's all I've seen on Twitter and Instagram all day. Yeah, I had never heard of him until today when I saw his picture. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked a lot like Tom Hanks. If you look at his eyes and his nose, they there's a big similarity. I showed Chandler mm-hmm. from our news desk here, and he agreed. So you should take all right. a double take. Maybe the maybe Tom Hanks will play him <laughs> that's what in a biopic. Yeah. Growing up in Connecticut in the 70s to 80s, I mean, that's classic rock country, so Rush and was you're everywhere. you're right there in Canada, yeah. But my favorite Rush memory was, uh, you're Canada, um, was the movie I Love You, Man. Oh, where absolutely. The two, the two characters were like total Rush heads. Yeah. That, that really crystallized how important they were to pop culture. So, But I'm just... I thought it was Neil Pert for all these years. I think years. most people say Pert because that's yeah. the way it's kind of spelled, but yeah. it is, technically it is Neil Elwood Peart. Is it? Is that just the Canadian pronunciation, though? Well, maybe. Yeah, you know, like it's Pert <laughs> in, in the United States and Peart. <laughs> it could but, be. But rest in peace, one of the greatest drummers of all time and a very influential uh, band was Rush, uh, certainly in the rock world. So rest in peace there. Thank you, Randy. Yes, no, thank you as always for letting me join in. Can't wait to see those wrestling photos. Yes, Randy the oh, wrestler. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'll tweet those out and put them on Instagram, at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Oh, Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Welcome back. Final segment of the Mark Aram Show. Great week of shows uh, this week, Deb Green. Uh, we had the breaking news with mm-hmm. the president the other day, but other than that, it was fantastic. Sanjay, uh, Johnny Kilbasa, everybody did well. Chuck should be back on Monday after his trip. Real quick, finishing up, uh, Deb found the story for me, Randy O'Cray. Uh, the most important invention so far of the 21st century. Do you care to guess what the number one most important invention of the 21st century has been? Just to make sure, this is like 2000? Correct. <laughs> yes, <now>? yes, <laughs> correct. The current century. Okay. When did Apple come into play? Like, I would say Apple, the, the products. Apples were, were... It was like the 70s. Yeah. What? Not earlier. Oh, like the Macintosh? Here's some of the, here's some of the ones that uh, you might... Online streaming. 16th, oh, that is big. That is big. That's 16th on this list. Um, e-readers, eighth Nobody most important. Well, that's like an iPad or yeah. a tablet. That's a, yeah. One yeah, yeah. Um, number four, Randy, the birth control patch. That the, wasn't around before. No. The patch. The patch is still fairly new. Yeah. Nuh-uh, well, I had it in high school <laughs> while you were on the wrestling team. <laughs> um, number three, augmented reality. So what that's that? that's like when you guys would play Pokemon Go and you'd see it oh, in yeah. your actual space. That's what oh, augmented that's cool. reality. But is. I did not play Pokemon. Well, no, Go, but for that's the, the best way I could describe it. <laughs> number two, e-cigarettes. I don't know yeah. why that's important. Yes, no, that's huge. That's a big money maker. I agree. Yeah. I, I, but I is didn't it make important? the list up. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea if it's what number one though. Uh, something that I've never done, but I do understand its importance. Three D printing. 
Oh yeah, 3D. That's apparently Clark Howard says that's a game changer. I mean, have you seen that. some of the things that they print online with just with that? Now they're doing all kinds of crazy things. Until they yeah. can print donuts on 3D printers, I'm, I'm never out. tried it. I had, <laughs> I had three donuts this morning, guys. Did I'm a really? fat son of a gun. Mark. I know. Were they the little mini ones? No, they? they were big fatties from uh, Dandy Donuts. Weight. I know, I know. All right, we got to get out of here. Let's do star of the show. Are you guys ready for the Mark Aram star of the show? Uh, I'm going to give it to Longoria. Randy stayed late. Longoria did some stuff behind the scenes for me. So uh, Longoria and Randy get star of the show. Congrats, Randy. Thank you, Markster. For your wrestling. Um, we'll continue the conversation through the weekend online on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. In the meantime... Go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet, and it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.